Hey everyone, this is John Puritz. Welcome to the Man Up Already podcast. This show is dedicated to each of us being better in all areas of our lives, mentally, spiritually, physically, and relationally. We want to help you be a better you because when you man up already, the world around you is greatly impacted. Here on the podcast, we don't believe you're an accident. We believe each of us is created for purpose and this show is dedicated to helping you discover and live out that purpose. Again, welcome to the show and let's check out another great episode. All right, guys, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Again, always super excited to have you here. I love, love getting to show up, right, and bring you uh, another episode of the Man Up Already podcast. Hey, before we get to our incredible guest today, I want to share about the Man Up Already Growth Conference coming up on June 10th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Port St. Lucie, Florida at the Mid-Florida Event Center. We are um, little less than 60 days to this event. It's going to be freaking awesome. You know, when I wrote the book Man Up Already, when we launched the podcast, the mission is to just help men level up so that we could be better in our relationships, better husbands, better fathers, better leaders in our community. That's what God calls men to be, leaders in our homes and in the marketplace. That's in, right. That was the second half or, or, or title of the Man Up Already book, how to live and lead at home and in the marketplace. And that's our mission. And I can't think of a better event, certainly here in Florida, but but anywhere than the Man Up Already Growth Conference, the speaker lineup, it, 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 the event is just going to be freaking awesome. Go to manupalready.com. Tickets are $25. You can get them there on the website. You can connect socially with all our speakers there. It's going to be awesome. Get to that event. And with that, you know, we always look for speakers that can contribute to the conversation of helping men just be better. And I'm excited to have our guest today, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Jerry right, is a life and marriage trailblazer focused on teaching men to radically transform their marriages by reimagining what it means to be committed for life. Contrary to popular belief and claims by the Beatles, you need a whole lot more than love to make relationships last, and Jerry is no stranger to struggle. His first marriage crumbled in divorce, and his ex-wife passed away unexpectedly due to cancer. It was through these painful struggles that Jerry realized his perception of both marriage and masculinity had been wrong. Jerry's ultimately learned that marriage is a sacrifice aimed at preparing people to better serve their families, communities, and the world. His approach helps both men and their wives understand their separate but equally necessary roles in marriage so that they can reconnect spiritually, mentally, and sexually. I'm excited to have Jerry Jacobs Jr. here on the podcast. Let's welcome him in. Jerry, welcome to the Man Up Already podcast. I am pumped to have you here today. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, it's an honor and a pleasure. It's an honor and a pleasure. Um, you know, we were we were just briefly, you know, before we 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 hit go, we're talking about this mission that you and I share of of really kind of waking men up and and getting them to to see a lot of things that maybe they're not seeing in their lives. So um I'd love to your story. I you know did, I know I I in your intro had put, you know, you had certainly walked through adversity, but um I'd I'd love to just, you know, where are you from? Um what's what's been your path? How did you kind of get to where you are today? Uh, well, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um and uh when I right out of high school, I went to the Air Force for like 10 years. Oh, wow. And everybody goes, but man, you only had 10 left. I said, but yeah, man, I had a young family. They were moving me all around, you know, and, and I was like, I, plus I learned, I figured I learned all that I could learn, you know, which of course that's not true. But at 28 years old, you know, because I, I, I was in for 10 years from 18 to 28. Then I, my first wife, we got married. She's Native American and. Um, and so we had two boys and we got married. Everything was great at first, as all marriages are, you know, great at first. And then we started having problems and I didn't even know it. I mean, I knew kind of like we kind of, you know, we were, we argued and stuff, but I didn't think it was like normal. I mean, I don't think it was like a big deal, you know. Right. Man, one day all I knew was, man, she, she'd run home because she worked for United Airlines. So she could get on the airplane and be gone back to her, back to her, back to Albuquerque 
anytime she wanted. So I come home, man, working 10, 12 hours a day, man. <laughs> come home, and I'm like, oh, where am I? You know, ain't nobody here. Okay, so they, they out eating dinner or something. So about 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, I go, wait a minute. <laughs> 12 o'clock at night. So I, so I call her. I call her. I say, hey, babe, where you at? I'm in my mama's house. At your mama's house? What's at your mama's house for? Because you did this and you doing this. And I, I was like, oh, okay. Wait, I said, can you just bring my kids back home? <laughs> How old were the kids? So, so the boys were like five, six, seven, eight, something like that. They were yeah. young, really yeah, young. Yeah. And so that was a pattern. Like two or three, it happened like three times. And so every time I talk her back, but I never knew how to keep her happy. Mm. And that always stuck with me. So then she contracted leukemia and we were in divorce court and she died while we were actually in court, in divorce court, going to the meetings, I mean, going to hearings and all that stuff. Wow. And um, so after that, uh, I got married again to my next wife. And then the same stuff started happening again, man. Because, you know, you always take you with you, right? Because I thought it was going to be different. After, you know, a year or two, same stuff, same stuff. So I said, wait, man, I'm going I'm to lose two marriages. I said, okay, I can't. That ain't this thing to work. Because the common denominator in both those marriages was me. Correct. And so that's what a man does. You look at yourself first. You don't look at everybody else. Uh, and but, that, but that's how you're trained, though. That's how we're all taught to do. Like, okay, it's got to be somebody else. You know, it ain't me. So me and her, we were having problems. But thank God I got together, man. And I still did. So after that, I, I I realized, man, something ain't right. I got really into the faith. My wife, she was Catholic, five generations and stuff. And so I became a Catholic and got, you know, got into Christianity and, and, the, and the faith in the church. And man, I started saying, thinking, man, what am, if, if something, the reason I started CatholicAlpha.com um, is because of this, because the first reason was, well, if I died, I looked around, I didn't see nobody around that's going to show my boys how to be men. And that, at now, and by then I had like four or five of them, <laughs> you know, it wasn't just two. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, something, you know. So I said, okay, so I started for that. And if you look at my site, that's kind of how it's designed too. It's all categorized really good. And the and and, and, and of course, you know, my boys, oh, I don't want to that I ain't going to no site. Yeah, I ain't gonna do that, you know. But then the second reason I I I did it, I think the most important reason, which my, for my boys was important, but is that man, I'm sick of I'm sick of it, man. I've you know, you know how God, once you closely get to God, he starts to open your eyes more. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God. I said, man, marriage, you know, I almost lost two wives. So I started thinking, well, I can help men. I can help guys, you know, I can help them see what's wrong. And they would fix their marriage before it, they got their wife on divorce and, and they would listen to me and really, nah, five or six years crickets. Because men don't do nothing unless it's painful. Right. Well, I, and I was just going to say that, right? Why did you? all of a sudden it took almost the failure of the second marriage for you to go hold up a sec, right? Like I got to wake up here that it's, it's probably me. Right. And now all of a sudden you seek out, but it really is true. Right. We don't, we don't make changes until that hurts enough. And that's what happened about two or three years ago. Now, two and a half, something like that. I started going, okay, what hurts them in the marriage? Oh, <laughs> their wife wants a divorce. Their wife wants to leave them. Their wife's not giving me sex. Their wife uh, uh, wants a separation. You know, they're having they have no intimacy in their marriage at all. They got right. erectile they have erectile dysfunction. They got they have premature ejaculation. They have all the that's all that stuff's painful. So I started going to that, and guess what? Now I get calls. Now I get calls. But men don't do anything unless it's painful. You know that. You know it. And 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 then even then it's still harder harder to get them to really fix themselves and improve themselves so that, that they become this the man God created them to be and then the husband that their wife really needs. Um, but once they catch on, it's 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 really good. It's like a it's like a miracle. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I you see it over and over and just human beings right it, it it takes crisis before there's um there's growth unfortunately right like we just it, it's very rare where we have this growth mindset and and i and i think 
it'll take crisis to teach you the lessons, but real maturity, especially spiritual maturity, comes from constantly seek, saying, I've got more to learn here. What can I learn, right? When when somebody, I talk about this all the time, when somebody comes to you and says, hey, Jerry, you did something that bothers me, the humble spirit goes, all right, I need to listen because there's something for me to learn here rather than, you know, no, it's not me. And 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 what we see in our society today is that, like you said earlier, this victim mindset where it's everybody else's fault. It's not ours internally and real maturity, right, comes from being humble. It's one of the pillars in my book is humility. It's not about you. Pay attention, you know, start listening. But guys will fight to the end and say, hey, I'm not, I don't think it's everybody else's fault. I know it's my fault. They don't believe that though. Right. Mm. They don't because of actions, right? Of actions. Um, when a wife wants to leave or ask for a divorce or actually files for a divorce on annulment, she doesn't do that. She doesn't do that on a whim. First of all, women are like two or three years ahead of you. When they start, when they start to think that you're not, that they don't feel loved anymore or that you don't really care about them because you're neglecting them or something like that. They start planning to get out of that. And so they they don't really leave. They don't leave lightly. Mm. Um, they really don't. And because they, they don't want that they're bonded to us through the marital embrace with kids married through God. You know, so it's very hard for them to leave. But when they decide to do it, they, they're like, look, they're not going to a woman is not going to come back to you once she leaves you. If you're the same old guy you was. Because right. why? Right. Why would I, it's, logically, it makes sense, but they still do a lot of things on emotion, which is a great thing, too. Sometimes I just use it in the wrong way. So I want to make sure we don't miss it. You had mentioned your website, but mention it again, because I want our audience to, to get very clear on what it is. Oh, CatholicAlpha.com. CatholicAlpha.com. So explain the, the title, if you would, please. Uh, you're the first one and uh, to ask that. Well, good. I like people, being I like being unique. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so the reason I I did it, I told one of my um, I told one of my my clients the other day. I said the reason that I I'm called Catholic Alpha is because for one thing, you cannot be a wuss in your marriage in your family. You can't be laid back. You just can't let things just kind of go along to get along. You can't go just to keep the pee. You can't. Do something that your wife wants you to do to keep the peace. You can't go and disappear in your man cave. That's a wuss. It is. Um, but what is a warrior? A warrior is you, in your home, you got to be an alpha. Women love alphas. They ain't going to tell you out loud, but they really do. But what I mean by alpha is this. In my home, I take care of business. I make sure my wife is happy. I make sure God is in the home. I make sure I pray. I make sure my wife and kids. I make sure my wife and my kids know I love them. If something goes wrong, me and my wife talk about, it, discuss it like an adult and stuff. We work as a team. Kids get their butt whooped if they don't act right, but then they get praised when they act good. That's how you are. You you can't. You have to be present. I I talk to wives all the time. Oh, he ain't present. That means you know what that means. That means you didn't disappear on her, and she feels she's by herself. So in your home, yeah, at your job, at your at your church. Um, in, in in society, when you're with your, you can be laid back and cool and just chill, right? And just kind of be passive and stuff. But in your home, God does not call you to do that. You're there for a reason, and you're there to provide a environment in that home where everybody is um, able to 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 be spiritually, um, emotionally, and psychologically fulfilled. That's your responsibility as a man to provide a home like that. And that's not all money. It's just. You, of course, you got to eat and you got to have a, a roof over your head, but it's a lot more than that, you know, and that's what the alpha means. It means you cannot have this mindset of, well, I'm going to just do what she says to, you know, because that's because that's going to keep a, 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 a peace in the home. But that don't work. If you really if you if everybody hears what I'm saying, if you think about it as a man, the more you regress, the worse it gets. You know why? Because that's God sending demons in your home to tell you to get it together. The reason we have pain in our marriage and the pain in, in pain with our children and the pain in our home, is we're not leading our home right. We're not serving right. And so God is like, listen, that's why when a wife is unruly or she's not happy or all that kind of stuff, that's God allowing the demonic in your home to say, hey, man, 
Get your marriage together. And it's only pain's only gonna get worse until you get it together. If your kids are disrespectful, if they don't do what you say, if you're up to the school every day, you know the kind. I'm at the school every day because he ain't acting right. You know that your kids are disrespectful, they call you out your name. That's 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 telling you that's that's God saying, look, man, get get it right with your family, man. You got kids unruly, man. You can't send those kids out into the world like that, and they're only gonna get worse. Kids will rebel. Your wife and your kids will rebel until you take, until you begin to serve and love them and show you care and give them attention and and and, and raise them right, the kids right, and be right, do right by your wife. It's 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 simple, but it's hard. You know, it's, it's a simple concept, but it's hard. You know. Well, this all right. We're gonna th- we're gonna park here for a little bit because there's a lot to unpack in in what you just said. There, and I and I, I think it's freaking awesome. So and <laughs> it's so funny that you and I have never met, but we really are on the same mission. So the first thing I would add to what you said is not only is alpha required in our home. I think the world gets out of its way for alpha males and doors open for alpha males because a real alpha male is not assertive. An alpha male is self-confident, right? And self-worth, uh-huh. and I and I have, um, Jerry, gotten to a point where I realize, I think self-confidence is the number one thing certainly men need to work on more than anything else because when you are confident in who you are and who you are created to be, like I talk about all the time, we are all you each uniquely created by God. There never has been, nor will there ever be one of you, one of me, or anybody else. We serve a purpose. And tapping into what that is, is something that every person, especially men, needs to, to do. So when you're self-confident, right, you don't have to assert yourself because you're not trying to prove something. You're just, there's a great book out there called, um, oh my gosh, uh, by Ra- uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Um, uh, I'm gonna. It's gonna come to me before the, Don't you the hate message. It? Don't right? you hate oh, it? It's right. It's right. It's right there. Right. <laughs> I know, but Daniel Lappin is the. Ra- it's a phenomenal book on when you're confident and you step into a space. Everybody knows it, right? Everybody can feel the energy of a self-confident person and a self-confident male. And when you have a woman who's self-confident and a man who's self-confident, number one, I believe the two of them could do incredible things, right? Because they're not um, um, offended by each other, right? Like when you have a self-confident woman and and a man without it, he's threatened by her, right? And when you have a self-confident male with a, um, a woman who's not, she's intimidated by him, right? So you have this dynamic that I think self-confidence really needs needs to work. But we have to understand, you know, when you get your house in order, I was when you were talking, I was thinking about, you know how many Psalms, sorry, Proverbs there are on written by Solomon on on chill, getting your right, disciplining your kids and the con, the um contentious wife. I'm I would because I I read Psalms um and Proverbs every day. And every time I end it, I go back to the beginning and I've been doing it. Um, for almost a year, and the amount of proverbs on a contentious wife. Well, why is our wives contentious for all the things that you're talking about? Like when we get our house in order, when we show up, when we are the rock that we need to be, everything changes. But I love what you said. She's planning on leaving way before the event happens because it's not overnight. It's, It's consistently over time. Where those failures happen, so I, I just am. I think you're dead on. Thank you. And 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 another thing too, like the reason I say you have to be an alpha in your home is because a lot of dudes are introverts, right? That's like it's very hard for them to come outside. That like I have a son, he's like that. It's like very hard for him to really come outside of himself because he that's just how his makeup is. But being raised by me, I'm proud to say, and he, he, he's been married for like two years, you know, and I watch him around his wife and kids and he loves his wife and he treats us like a woman. And, but the key, you know, everybody in the home, they kind of like, he, he, he does what he's supposed to do is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And they love him and he loves them. And, and so what I'm saying is people think, well, if I just let her do what she wants to do or let them do what they want to do, that it's going to get better. It never gets better. It gets worse. Yep. It gets worse. Um, and what you said about man, about when a confident man walks in the room, 
I'm going to add to that. Um, it's when a holy man walks in the room. That's when mm. the room changes, really. Yeah, that's true. And, and, that's and, so and, good. And, and you know so what, good. man? And I, I learned from my wife. It was my wife, man. She said, she said, baby, you know, when you walk in the room, it says it, it changes. It's like like we I used to be in choir and it was like 20 to 50 people in the choir. And she said, before I came, well, I would come to the choir. It, everybody be jumping around and talking while I lounge in, in, in the church and stuff. But then when I come, she said all this because she was in the choir, too. So she said, I come and everybody just kind of act different. And I was like, I was like, girl, whatever you're talking about. But what I did was I latched onto that. I don't really believe that, but that's my wife. And if she sees it, it must be somewhat true, right? Mm -hmm. So I I started to really think about it. And I noticed, man, that I started teaching my dudes. The, 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 I call my dudes my dudes. They're really my clients, but I call them my dudes. But, you know, I teach my dudes, man, look, man, when, when you become holy, people treat you different. When you become virtuous and you're a man of prayer, you're a man of God, of confidence, of Christ, and you act like Christ, and you're humble, and you and people see that, man, they will treat you different. That's how you get respect in this world, really, real yeah. respect, you know. And and I I never had never thought about that until my wife started bringing it up. No, and it's so I love that you added that, right? Like, have you seen the Chosen? Are you watching that at all? No. I, I, I'm all my friends, everybody tells me I should be watching it, but I just don't have time, John. Yeah, no, I hear you. It, it, it is, uh, it's phenomenal because of the representation, right? How they're portraying it. And it, mm -hmm. it's, it's so good. And you feel like the, the, the guy who's, who's playing Jesus, right? He's doing such a phenomenal job. But when you look at the model of Christ, right? It's one of the things that set me on the path that, that I'm on, right? He was not a lamb, right? Like, he was not, yes. you know, this passive rollover guy. He's the guy that walked into the temple, right, with whips, right? Like he, oh, he, he, he stood up in front of the politically ruling class and said, "You vipers!" Right? Like he was not a passive guy, but he was humble. He was self confident. Right? Like, like all the things that we can be as men are represented there. Right. If we really dive into who was he and how did he act instead of listening to this interpretation, uh, I had um, I followed John Eldridge a lot. And, and he said, we have declawed the lion of Judah. <laughs> right. And, and made him a kitten for, you know, knitting church going women kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's that is the rep. I love what you said. Right. A holy oh. man, when he walks in the room, Dude. changes that environment. Look at it like this. So before I really got down with, with Christ, right? I'm telling you, I thought he was a punk. I, I'm like, okay, this dude, he's got long hair. He's wearing a dress. I mean, it's like his skin is so white. Nobody has white skin like that. And if he's supposed to be Jew, how's his skin like so like that? I'm like, dude, this is not, you're going to churches. And, and I was like, this is crazy. And so then... I went to a retreat, a Catholic retreat, and I met this man. And there were people were giving testimonies about their life and stuff. And he was he, he was talking about pornography and how he looked into pornography, and that touched me. Although I've never been digging like it, but it's still his story still touched me. So I asked him, could I talk to him after he got done after he you know tonight at the chapel because you know. And then we went, and I said, he said, yeah, Jerry, what you got? I said, man. I said, man, uh, I don't understand this Jesus thing, man, this Christ thing, all this stuff, man. I, I didn't ask that to die. I didn't ask him to die for me. I don't even know that dude. How am I supposed to know some dude like him and I don't even know him? You know, that's where my mind was, dude. That's where my mind was for real. And so then he goes, well, first of all, Jerry, he said, first of all, love is not an emotion. Love is an act of their will. I was like, wow, really? Hmm. He's like, yeah. He's like, look, man, people think it's just an emotion and really love is not love is commitment, loyalty, devotion to God that, you know, that's what it is. I said, really? He's like, yeah. I said, so you're saying that if I go to church, I ain't got to be sitting there emoting the whole time and acting like some woman or something. I mean, that's <laughs> how I was. That's how I was, dude. And he's like, no, man. He said, all God has asked you to do is just be obedient and check him out. And I said, you know what, man? I said, you know what, man? I can do that. 
right then I was converted. I was already Catholic, but I wasn't doing nothing. Yeah. Right then, at that moment, the Holy Spirit coming through that dude at that time converted me. You know why? Because, man, I didn't, it wasn't about feelings for me. It never was. And the faith never, it's not supposed to be about feelings. It's all about intellect. And so I said, man, I could be obedient like that. I could do that. I said, it's got to be better than what I'm doing now, right? And so that's what happened, dude. That's what happened. And so then I started learning the faith. I started getting into scripture. I started getting into catechism of the Catholic Church. I started getting into listening to priests and exorcists and stuff. And then I saw Jesus. No, dude, Jesus ain't no punk. He's like the man. He's like, <laughs> he's on the cross and he died. He gave himself for us because he wants to teach us how to be a real man. And then I realized how, like you just said about the stuff that he would do, that he was direct and he was he was strong and he was passionate about the things he did, the stuff that we as men want to do and how to, how to die for our bride, the church, you know, how to die for something greater than yourself. That's what every man wants to do. We all want to be heroes. We just today, nobody teaches us how to do that. Well, and that right there, what you that that's a great place to go because the millennial guy and younger, right? Those role models, those examples, right? Where are we going to learn? It's why I have my podcast and book and why you do what you do, right? We need those role models because if we don't. And it's also why I'm I'm doing that conference is I want we need to wake up like I say constantly we don't have time for men to wait anymore right no like, you got to get up and get moving now society now. needs you the world needs you now it doesn't matter if your dad was that or what you've got to make that choice now because we're I mean I think we're under attack like never before it's said in the in the in the Catholic in the faith. It's said that your soul is put at this time in this country for a reason. Yeah. People, nothing, man, and I know you, I, I can already tell you're going to agree with what I'm going to say. You're going to feel what I'm saying. Nobody, I mean, everybody, no, nothing is a coincidence that happens in this world. Nothing. People think stuff is luck. They think it's a coincidence. There's no such thing as a coincidence, man. It's all run by God. And your free will. And that's how, you know, you screw something up, God sends the Holy Spirit to fix it. You screw something up again, you know, or you do something right, that's a good thing. And so that affects the world, you know. And so, but the thing about it is, man, this stuff about it's a coincidence, like, oh, that was, no, that's not. Or it's good, that's bad luck. It's bad luck you got cancer. It's not bad luck you got cancer. You got cancer because you put toxins in your body. Right. You yeah. know, you know, it's just all this, nothing's a coincidence in this world. And you know what? Knowing, being a, Understanding that, to me, that makes my job a lot easier. It's a lot harder, but the mindset of I'm responsible for everything in my in my in, in my realm, in my environment. It's my it's my responsibility to influence my home, to influence my environment as a man. And so, what does that mean? That means get off your butt and go do something. Join a ministry. Join the choir. Create a ministry and go out and preach to people. I don't care what you do. Come go to John and help. Ask me if you need any help. Come to me. I need any help. Whatever you got to do is this time. The time has passed, man. Then it's going to work and 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 coming home, getting a little sex, eating and going to sleep. The time for that stuff is over, man. We need, like you said, we need Christ needs warriors. Yeah, it's um. You and I, we're so, so on the same page. <laughs> Let's, because we've talked about it a little bit, and I have a story, you know, I've talked about it a lot on my podcast. So I am a guy, just to give you context, that um, I hit a midlife crisis in, in 2019 that almost took out my family. Mm. And it was a lot of holding things back, a lot of trauma, a lot of addictions. Um, and that was my wake up call. Um, thank God for the wife that I have. Um, we've been married now 25 years, uh, when the enemy almost took us out literally. Right. And, and so we've learned so much and I can say, um, that my gosh, sex in, in the marriage and how that can change when husband and wife are on the, what I call the dance, right. When you're pouring into her and she's pouring into you 
and what that relationship physically transcends to when it's on point spiritually is is ridiculous. So I want to talk about that with you because I know you have you have something to say on that topic. Uh, I so, love also that you you say it's not the priority in the marriage. Um, and I agree with that, but it's vitally important to a marriage. Oh, okay. So the way it works is this, and you don't have to believe me. My marriage is cool. <laughs> my marriage is good because I use these principles that I teach you. You know, I don't mean you, John, I meant, you know, yeah, I, I anybody. Teach, put yep. to, my, to my dudes. Right. And the thing about it is, is sex is the second most important thing in your marriage. The first thing is God and prayer and suffering and sacrifice. Okay. The reason sex is the second most important thing in your marriage is because Without, without, because it it bonds the couple. It 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 um it makes them it it bonds them together more. It it grows intimacy between each other. It 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 chemically gets them going, and they bond each other throughout the week, throughout the the months and the years. It keeps them together, bonded as a man and a woman, caring for each other. It keeps them intimately. Um, and I call it one of the things I that's one of the concepts. Well, I have a in my program is called Making Love Mastery. And one of the concepts in that is, you know, there are six phases to your wife's sexual fulfillment, complete sexual fulfillment. And one of them is the, what I call the best friend concept. So that's number two, I think. And so the best friend concept is what you kind of is what you kind of said. That when you I learned this a long time ago that when me and my wife are bit like my wife is my best friend. And she's my best friend. And I noticed that when we were we became best friends like that, then our intimacy just went through the roof. And then when we added God in there, it just went more to the roof. <laughs> so but what it is is guys think, well, I can have this dude over. He's my best friend. Well, I grew up with women too. They say the same. Well, I grew up with her. She's when I was two years old. We were, nobody cares. Friendship is is love. Love, you know, you know, love is friendship set on fire. So if you, if if we're all we talking about is our our part, our other friends and stuff, we should be best friends. Why? Because that's what God calls us to be. You know, when like in Ephesians five, and I don't know a lot of verses like like a lot of people do. I, I'm matter of fact, I'm very bad at. It, but when stuff comes to marriage, you know, I'm kind of on with that. But in Ephesians twenty one through thirty three, at the end, he says, "Look, God." Saint Paul says, "Hey." <laughs> You need to leave your mom and your daddy and be off to yourself and go one become one flesh. That's what he's saying. Like your mother, your father, your parents, your friends, they don't mean anything. You and your wife is what this is supposed to be about. And the best friend concept, because well, here's another thing too, why that's important is if you ain't your if if if, if a husband is not his wife's best friend, guess what she's gonna do? She's gonna go to all her intimate, yes. She's gonna go to all her intimate secrets and all her intimate stuff about him, about everybody, about her life to somebody else. Yeah. And that's why I tell guys, like, I like what you said about how you and your wife are having problems, but you started taking what's in your head and talking about it with your wife. And that's a hard thing that it is to teach a man. And I teach it all the time. Like, look, man, in order to have great conversations with your wife and so that she knows what's going on with you at all times. Why? Because she has to know that you love her. And if you don't talk to your wife, she's going to start thinking you don't love her. But if you, like me, baby, I'm going to the bathroom right now. Oh, I got a fart. Oh, but whatever. It, it don't matter what it is. You, we all, we tell our wives what's on our mind. And that way you have better conversations. And then you actually do get tired of talking to each other. But it's because you've had such great conversations. You're just chilling right now. You see what I'm saying? I do. And I'm going to add to that for our listeners. Um, and this is a topic all, uh, at one point I'll really expound into. But what I've learned is that um, there is a, I call it the secret place. And I got permission from my wife to kind of talk about this a little bit. I believe that there is, a, there is another level to women that most men don't see in their wives that she's holding back because she doesn't fully trust a man with that secret part of herself. And only until we earn it by transparency, authenticity, sharing, right? Being humble, all that. When she goes, this is the man I can trust with my life and every part of my life, you unlock that secret place and the marriage and sex and everything goes to a whole level. I've, I've seen it. 
I've seen where we were and where we are and where we continue to go. And I also know when we're off. And I just did a podcast before this one called um, Giving Your Soul Some Much Needed Rest on all the things that cause us to drift. And that's going to be at the growth conference. I'm going to talk about what social media is doing to erode manhood and our, our marriages. Um, when, when we are in locked in with our wives and that trust is earned, earned, it's not given, that relationship goes to another. It is the most fulfilling, like you're not going to get it from anywhere else, right? Because she intimately knows you, you intimately know her. I love what you talked about and the role that sex plays in that relationship, right? Is the most um, vulnerable, authentic, right? When we're with our wives in that intimate manner, right? There are no barriers. And that's the other thing to, to great um, marital sex. And I, and I honestly, I truly believe, right? That like you can have, I mean, look, people have sex outside of marriage, right? That's, that's just constant in our society, but I don't think it'll ever get to where God intended it until it's in marriage. And that marriage is transparent, authentic, trustworthy, that that best sex of your life is in your marriage, in a marriage that has that level of authenticity. Yeah. Um, so first off, the thing is, man, you cannot have a great marriage without vulnerability. Your wife, see, men go, well, I can't show I'm weak and blah, blah, blah. But see, your wife is the one. That's what she's there for. She's there to be. She She's your confidant. She's the one you can be vulnerable to. Why? Because it opens her up and you up to trust, like you just said. Another thing is, you don't be like that with your kids. You don't be like that with your friends and, and everybody outside. But your wife, she, remember, women are put here as nurturers. Their first responsibility is to nurture the children and then nurture their husband. And if you don't allow her in, she can't nurture you. And then she'll start to drift away from you. The second thing is you've you got to understand women and how important the marital embrace is to women. It's 10 times more important to them than it is us. Everybody seems to think that it's the men it's important to. No, it's not. That's not true. Women, when, when they're receivers, so when someone is inserted into them, it affects them psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, and they can't deal with it. So, a lot of times the reason a woman won't trust um, even her husband, it takes a long time because she has what we call inhibitions. And so because of why? Because of all the trauma and baggage in her life, which is what? The more men a woman sleeps with, the more damaged she becomes. I don't care if, this is, if she does get married eventually. The more men that she sleeps with, it damages her soul. And she, she acts that out. That's why when a woman... We, we sleep with a woman that we leave her or we get divorced from her. And what she'll do is she'll gonna come to your, your job and flatten your tires, right? Why you think like, why don't she just get over it? She can't get over it, man. She can't get over it because she's bonded to you. It's too late. If most dudes knew that everybody they slept with, they're bonded to them for life, we might think twice about that. The other thing about women is if they had an abortion or miscarriage, or they have a well, they had one failed marriage already, or they had a parent die, or they was raped or abused. Women are nurturers and emotional. Why? For the children, for the bonding with children. And so when traumatic things happen to them in their life, um, it, they, they become very, they can't handle it. It doesn't go away. That's why your wife can go, John, remember that 20 years ago when you hit me or something? And you, baby, I told you it was an accident. I was trying to get the salt out of the cabinet. Uh-uh, that ain't what you did. You're going, that was 20 years ago. Because they don't get over stuff like that. Me, we like, you know, but not them. And so what happens is there's only two ways, that, and they have to be in conjunction. There's only two ways to get rid of your wife's inhibitions. Um, the first thing is when you come, because when she comes to the marriage, and the reason you go, well, why is that baggage there at first when we get married? The reason why is because you're the man of her dreams. You're going to take away all her pain. She's going to put it, and this is all psychological. She's going to put it on, on the back burner. Because you're the man of my dreams. You're going to make me happy. We're going to have this great life. But guess what happens? You're human too. So the children, the precious of kids, your job, money, all this kind of stuff happens. And then it starts to go down. But a husband is the only one that can get rid of, that can repair his wife 
and get to where you're talking about. Number one is do prayer, suffering, and sacrifices involving God in our marriage and in our sex life. Number two is the amount of orgasms that a woman has. Now I'm going to call them peaks because people get fun when you start talking about orgasms too much. So when I say peak, that's what I mean. So women require a lot of peaks in the sex session. The reason why is because I, I told you how it affects them. And so they have all these inhibitions built up, basically means they don't feel loved. And so what happens is the longer the man prolongs the sex session, and the more peaks that the wife has, it could be 10 or 20 or 30, whatever. What happens is she becomes her sacred self. She becomes, she all that stuff kind of goes away. And what happens when she starts to deal with her husband, she becomes this, this, she becomes this wife of serving, of love, of giving her total self to you. And so that would depend on the pain of a woman in her life, it might take one to three years to get all of that out of her. But once you do, as a man, your marriage then will skyrocket even higher than what you ever think. Now, no one is ever going to tell you that because you know why? They don't know it. And then people are disordered when it comes to sex. You know, when you, when you start talking about sex with, you know, God and how that correlates and all of that stuff, people kind of go, uh, but dude, that's why sex is important. And the great thing about it, I tell my, my dudes is, man, you have a lot more power in your marriage than you think. I mean, it's good power. It's serving power. It's grace from God. And if once you learn how to do that, your wife and your marriage and your children will become legendary, not just good or great. So what's a legendary marriage? A legendary marriage is you, a husband and his wife, create a marriage that's so great that it spans from their children to their grandchildren, to their children's children, to their children, to their children. Mm. That's a true legacy. Now, look, I like money, too. I like buildings and skyscrapers, and I think it's great. But that don't even compare to a legendary marriage of creating that throughout generations. Yeah, because all those other things crumble, but that what you're talking about doesn't. It's eternal. Because God's uh, not going to say, God's not going to say, Hey man, where's that? That's that's a nice building you built. Right. He's gonna say, Hey man, she's gonna say the particular judge because hey man, where's your wife and kids at? Why ain't they here with you? That's why it's important. <laughs> you I wanna I wanna go back. You said something that um is is really blowing my mind. Because I never ever thought about it in this way, but it's so good. It it it's worth spending a little time on. One, you said the more men that a woman sleeps with, the more damage is done um, because women are, you said women are receivers. And I never got, because you used the term when she is injected, is that what you said? In, when she's inser when, when, inserted, when, when something's inserted, when a man's inserted okay. in her. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is, uh, I'm, I'm just, it's like, holy like unbelievable because with men we're not receivers right mm -hmm. and so we just project out into the world in all areas right and we just wonder why people don't get it or why she has a problem and all that right because that's who we are but what you said was they are inserted emotionally physically spiritually like it's it i never saw it like that and it is so they're receiving everything that they're being given and how could it go away it's internal right it it doesn't go away it's not washed off it's it, it you yeah. know what i mean it's inside yeah. it, 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 like i just yeah. i'm thinking about that as a father as a husband as as yeah. as the mindset of men i love what you said if we thought about if every person that you slept with you were bonded to them because you are putting a part of them of you into them that never goes away. Where with men, the world is external. So much of it is external, right? What, mm -hmm. what do they say? You know, the, the best part about being a man is the world is your urinal, right? Like we joke <laughs> about that, right? But ah, just go here and go here and go. But we approach life like that, right? I I think, gosh, that's just it, it to me, it's like I could look at my wife in so many ways and go, what is she internalizing? And how could she not, right? Because that's how they approach the, the, the world, right? The only thing that 
they give out, right, is 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 another human being, right, that comes out of them. But everything, even that has to happen through something being put into them. It's just, to me, I could ramble on about it. I, I think well, that is absolutely an, an amazing, amazing realization. And the thing is, too, you got to understand why it's that way. So, first of all, in the fall, God actually said it that, Eve, you will be basically ordered towards marriage. You will be drawn to your husband. So you'll be ordered towards marriage. So when you're out and you're dating a woman, and dating is for sex, so let's get that straight, and courting is for marriage. So let's get that straight. But you're dating a woman or courting a woman, and they tell you, oh, well, we'll take courting out because when you're courting, everybody knows we're courting, we're deciding we're going to get married. When you're dating, you're just trying to have fun, right? So you're dating, you're, trying, you're dating a girl. And, you know, she goes, John, I, I, I really, I don't want to, I don't want to be married. I don't want to have no kids. I just want to have fun. She's lying through her teeth. Yeah, because she's been hurt. Yeah. First of all, she's been hurt, but not just that, is that a woman, once she is attracted to you and she likes you, she would do, she would say anything to, 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 to be with you. Because in her mind, it's like, that's why I say all the time, if a woman when a woman sleeps with you, in her mind, we get married. Now, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be next year or two years, three years from now, but we get married and I can change him into that. I don't care about his flaws. I can change him into that. See, because, and so when we get married and then we start neglecting our wife, it doesn't have to be that much. Or she might feel we putting our kids above her or her parents or your our mother, you know, the mama's boys are stuff like that. Women go, you know, she she starts to go, okay, why am, am I, I can change him, and why am I, why is he doing that to me? Because women are ordered towards marriage, and so when you get into marriage and things start going bad, then that's when all those inhibitions start coming in and making things worse. No woman, mar no woman sleeps with a man unless she's disordered that she doesn't think that we're going to get married. And so when we keep, so when men, when we, men, we don't, that's why I'm saying we don't know our power that we have as a man. That's how God, that's a lot of grace and power in a man. And we always think it's about strength. It, it is in a little bit of way, but mainly it's about our mental, our mental. And the, uh, the other thing is the way we talk to our wives I cannot express to any man that's listening to this any more adamantly. When your wife's mouth is moving, your lips are shut, your body language, like you're looking at me now, that's how your body language should be. Intently at her, looking at her, nodding your head, asking for clarification on any questions. You don't interrupt her. And your body language is showing that you care, that you're interested. And when she's done, you don't try to solve it. All you go is, if there was a problem type situation, you go, wow, is there anything I can do to make it better? That's it. That improved your marriage in two weeks. I don't care how great your marriage is right now That's or how true. bad it is. It's absolutely true. It is. And so, but the main thing is we, because our wife will get hurt. If we, if we raise our voice, if we argue with them, if we fight with them, if we don't have the proper language, if our tonal voice ain't right, they become very deeply hurt and then the emotional connection leaves. And once the emotional connection leaves from your wife, which means what? I feel he doesn't love me anymore. I can be happier without him because what am I here for if, if he doesn't love me? You got to remember, man, women sign up, don't sign up to have all these kids to wash dishes to take out the trash, to work eight to 12 hours a day and have bad sex. They don't sign up for that. You know what they sign up for? They sign up for your love. They sign up for the love of their beloved husband. They don't have kids. They have kids for you. They don't have kids for them. They go to work for you. They don't go to work for them. They don't. Everything they do, it stems from you, the man. But that's why our wives get hurt because we're bonded to them and they get hurt when we neglect them because she goes, I'm giving, I've given you my soul. I'm giving you my body, my mind, my heart. 
And so when we when when we sleep with a woman and we don't marry her, that's a broken promise. When we sleep with a woman and we marry them, and then we get a divorce, or we don't act right, or we don't we neglect them, don't give them the time, then we are breaking up uns unsaid promise. You know, women they uh, they're not stupid. But when, but when they get when they get attached to you, it's very hard for them to leave and go away. You know, uh, and I, I'm sorry for that. I mean, it's that's the way God set it up. It's tough for dudes to understand that, man. It really is. I'll, you're so on, um, and I don't want to taint uh, anything that you said by adding, over adding to it. Like, like you, you, what you just, you just spewed gold. Okay. This is a discussion, man. Go just, ahead. No, bro. no, Let's you talk. just you, you you really did. I don't want to tarnish it because there's just so much there. I I will I'm in agreement. And what I'm realizing is every time that my wife shares her feelings and I get pissed off emotional, and I'm an emotional dude, right? And and no, my really? maturity <laughs> my maturity <laughs> or lack thereof, and what I need to keep working on, right? And and this is why I do a podcast is is I'm sharing the journey, right? Like you and I are not coming from a loft here or a perch. Mm -hmm. We're coming from in the mud. This is what we've learned and, and sharing that because that's where the lessons, right? The lessons are learned. But when I react to her, what I'm doing is um, it's really showing my lack of maturity because we, uh, I have a coach, right? Dr. Dave White is, is my coach. And one of the things that Dave talks to me all about is not getting regulated by what my wife says, right? That I can't let my wife's feelings, right? Turn my day emotions, et cetera, into a tailspin. That shows lack of maturity on my part. I've got to sit like you talked about and listen without getting set off because she needs us to listen. She needs me to listen, right? If, uh, you know, if there's, um, something that I don't understand or, or I disagree with, right? Flying off the handle ain't going to solve that problem. If anything, it's it's going to make it worse, which I have learned firsthand, right? So it's, it's, I just can't help but think about what you're talking about. Number one, how much more I've got to learn and get better at. But number two, this is why we're failing in society because what we have now done is say that these things that you're talking about, that you and I are talking about, are not real. There is no God, right? That you can go to people of your sex to to get right to get your your questions answered, your issues fixed. Like we're we're so far off what this relationship that is divine is. You look at our society and you go, well, that's why. I mean, you go, all you got to do is open up the Bible and look at the societies that moved away from what you're talking about. And watch their demise, right? And it, it 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 it's it's just a fact. I want to make sure also that I say the book is "Thou Shall Prosper" by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. <laughs> it just showed up. I'm like, wait, a minute, I got to make sure I mention that. Um, so what I would say on getting back to the friend thing, and 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 like you said, when a man is his wife is talking and he's not really listening, or he's on the computer or on his phone. Or he's, you know, he's kind of listening, but he ain't. Would you do your, you got to ask, we got to ask ourselves, would we do our best friend like that? No, we wouldn't. Right. We'd be all in our buddy's face. Oh, man, you see that pass, man? Man, did you see that shot? Do you see that? Man, do you see me? I just, I just nailed that duck in the air, dude. Did you see that? You know, we, 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 we've got to understand we're not here. We are not here to play around. We're not. This is a test. This whole existence, this whole 100 years is a test. The test of what? Are you worthy as a man? Mm. You get 100 years to prove that you're worthy. Worthy what? To go to the big party. To stand in a beatific vision in front of God. Are we worthy of the gifts of our wife and our children that the Father has given us? Are we? And, and, and every decision we make, that's why I said this is a coincidence. Every decision we make, every thought we have, everything is all ordered toward it's the test. Either we make a bad decision or we make a good decision. You make a bad decision, if it's grave enough, we go to confession and get forgiveness. If we don't, we do something good, then that spreads into the world and makes our things better. But we've got to understand this is a test, man. This ain't no joke around here. When you're 20 and 25 and 30, maybe, 
But once you hit 35, man, you ain't got no more time to be playing around. You got to understand what this life's about. And it's a test because when most men come to me, I, I tell them something I just told you, you're not worthy of God. You're not worthy of, of that wife and that kid because you are not. But guess what we're going to do? We're going to work on it. And once you become worthy as a man, because um, worthy as a man, what will happen is your wife will want to become worthy of you. Mm. And you will get 10 times more service. But what are we taught? Man, when she fix herself, I'll fix myself. Yeah, why ain't she doing like this? No. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't but, work. Why, but why, though? You always got to ask the question why. And the reason why is because God didn't set it up like that. In the Garden of Eden, he said, Adam, name this stuff, which means what? When you name something, you're responsible for it. Eve wasn't even around. And then when Eve, another proof number two, that you're that's the way it's supposed to be. Eve ate the apple. She had her husband eat the apple. And then God knew it. What did God say? He didn't say, Eve, come here. He said, Adam, come here. Let you know who's responsible. Yeah, well, we could talk about that one, right? A, a lot, right? Adam's standing there doing nothing when she does it. He's he's standing right next to her, right? Passive, yeah, yeah, right? I he heard, doesn't stand yeah. up. He doesn't I've fight for her. He doesn't, right? Like, so it's, even though she ate it, still our fault. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you know what, man? Here's the beauty of that. And that sounds unfair, don't it? I'm responsible for everything in my house, everything. Yeah. But you know what? The beauty of that is, once I get my mind around it, it's easy. It's better. It's still tough. Because we all get tired sometimes. Hey, man, uh, really? But once you get your mind around it, you can deal with it. You understand. Well, that's my that's my role. That's how I become a hero, a knight in shining armor. That's how I become this man of courage, this Christian soldier. That's how I become. Then you go, okay, I got it. God, I got it. Now, I ain't going to be perfect. I ain't going to get it all right, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, look, my wife and I did an episode on, on our podcast um, called Extreme Ownership, talking about that. You have, when you take, and it's a book, when you take extreme ownership, everything is your responsibility. The world doesn't become harder. It actually becomes easier, easier. because it's, you're not blaming anybody. You're not waiting for somebody to do something. It's all under your control. You now can dictate what happens next. Yeah. So yeah, one one thing I forgot to add, man, that I think is so important. With our wives, man, we've got to learn her mysteries, man. We've got to be curious about her. Stop thinking that we know everything about somebody we've been living with for 20 years or five years or two years or 50 years. Because we don't. We don't know everything. And, and, and if you want a passionate, impassioned marriage with fire, women, the conversation thing is they thing. If you can master the conversation thing, they will be with you, man. But what if the problem is we're not, I'm a, what I'm asking the gentleman to listen to this, this show is get into her, dude. Get into her like he was trying to get into her, get in her pants when y'all was dating. But but now it's a holy thing, right? It's different. Everybody knows once they get married, everybody's like, oh, marriage ain't this, marriage is nothing, it don't mean nothing. But as soon as people get married, they realize right away, like my wife did, oh, this is different. My wife, man, I'm going to tell you this quick story. My wife, you know, she was in a relationship for 10 years. She had a daughter by this guy, and he hurt her bad. It was a bad situation, right? And um, this goes along with the inhibitions things I was telling you about. And this is how she, 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 she got rid I helped her get rid of that. But, dude, my wife, she was hurt real bad. And, and, and what happened was once... She would say she thought living with him for all that time and living like that, she thought that that's what everybody, that's what's cool. This is right. marriage. Right. And I was, and, and we were dating, John. I'll be like, girl, no, this is not marriage. That was not marriage. 
<laughs> and so when we got married, though, right away, she was like, oh, I understand now. And that's what I mean. And so to, 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 to piggyback on the inhibitions thing, once I learned how to make love the way I the way I've learned how to make love and I helped my wife get rid of that pain before that man all the time, she would talk about that guy. We're married now. What he did to her and, and, and how and how he hurt her and all this stuff and what they did and, and how ashamed she was and, and, and all this kind of stuff, man. But once I learned what I'm talking to you about, slowly that went away. She hasn't mentioned that dude in 10 years. And that's what I mean. That's when you when I people because I know people understand what I was talking about, about inhibitions and pain, but stuff like that. That your wife, it's on her, it's it's hurt her, it's deeply in her, and she can't get over it because of what we talked about. Well, and just to to add on to that, because it's it's so this realization, the more I, I love, I think we talked about it earlier, right? The more you uncover about God, the clo- the more you learn and the closer you get, right? Is what you're talking about is our role as the man in the marriage, head of the house or whatever right? We are an extension of Christ. And what you're talking about is washing her clean of that past and the role we play, right? As an extension of the Lord. Everybody give John a hand. <laughs> <laughs> why? You know why? Because in Ephesians, what is five? What does it say? Present your wife before the Lord blemish free. Mm. That so is good. what's powerful. Right. So good, man. Yeah, dude, we could go for another hour, but unfortunately, we gotta <laughs> right. we gotta wrap it up, right? Yeah, but, man, I I love when God brisk, right? We, two people together, same mission. This is, has been unfreaking believable, bro. Really great conversation, and that's what I like, man. I like I like when I don't like I really I know it looks like I like to talk. I really don't like to talk a lot. What I like is when I come on a podcast that it's a conversation, like. I talk, you, I'm not sitting there talking the whole hour, hour and a half, whatever. But you talk, I talk, and we talk together. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that's the way that's the way it it, it, ha- it should be. That way everybody, the people that are listening, they can get more into it. They get like, okay, they can identify with me and you. You're not, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I always like to ask before we wrap up, how can people find you? So as you as you men see, I'm very passionate about what I do. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm what you call a marriage coach. So, um, what I what I try to do is I try to help you to understand if you're in marriage crisis. You know, which means what? You know, your wife asked for divorce. Um, your marriage is mediocre. You guys aren't connected. You're arguing and fighting. You know, and you need help with that. Um, go to SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. And yes, I do work with Protestants, Baptists, undenominational. It's just, I'm Catholic. I'm proud of who I am. That's me. Um, but I help. I have a lot of Protestants in my um, in my, in my my program and Catholics. Um, but the thing about it, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com, there's a marriage masterclass there. And if you watch that, and if you feel like that's all the help you need or listen to this podcast, all the help you need, um, if you need more help, there's a button that pops up and you get to talk to talk to me and then we can help. I can help you some more. Um, but I try to make things a lot less pressure because I understand this is a very emotional thing when my wife asks for a divorce or or something like that. So I try to make it as painless as possible. Um, but what I will say, man, is if you're in a situation like that. You're not you need you need help getting out of it. Yeah. Um, so save my Catholic marriage dot com is where you can get more help if you need it. I love it. I love it. Well, my brother, thank you so much for being uh, on on the podcast today, Jerry. It's It's been awesome. Thanks, man. It was fun, dude. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> you be well. All right, you too. You know, it's always such an honor to have such incredible guests here on the podcast. And the podcast just wouldn't be what it is without our great sponsor, Master Beef Jerky. Head on over to masterbeefjerky.com. Check out their product. It is really incredible beef jerky if you're a fan uh, like we are. It's made here in the USA. It's handcrafted. There's no MSG. It's low in in fat. Sorry, it's gluten-free. It's just freaking good. Their motto is bold flavor, tender bite, and they've got flavors uh, like they're original. They've got 
uh, smoked barbecue, Korean barbecue, Western teriyaki, sweet and spicy, mango and pineapple, carne asada, garlic pepper, a California, a Carolina Reaper flavor, and black pepper. It is good stuff. Head on over to masterbeefjerky.com, and on your order, if you put in coupon code M-U-A-P, you will get 20% off. Master Beef Jerky, bold flavor, tender bite, and a great sponsor of the podcast.